Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Speaking of the Arts. We've taken some time off, but we are so eager to start rolling out new episodes for you. And as such, I could not be happier to have the opportunity to speak with today's guest. Full disclosure, today's guest happens to be one of our very own esteemed artists with whom we have the privilege of booking, the one and only Kat Edmondson. Here's why you need to know about Kat. In a relatively short amount of time, Kat's career has seen her recording and or performing and sharing the stage with none other than the likes of Lyle Lovett, Chris Isaac, Smokey Robinson, George Benson, and Willie Nelson, just to name a few. Kat's 2015 performance on CBS This Morning Saturday garnered the program's highest-rated viewership since 2006. As a leader, Kat has released three critically acclaimed recordings, including Way Down Low and The Big Picture. The Boston Globe described Way Down Low as, quote, one of the greatest vocal albums I've ever heard, end quote. The Big Picture debuted at number one on the Billboard Heat Seekers chart, and on April 27th of this year, this month, 2018, Kat will release her fourth album as a leader titled Old Fashioned Gal. Kat, welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. I'm really looking forward to speaking to you about your album and your career, and I think this is going to be a great episode for everybody listening. So why don't we just start and talk a little bit about the new album. So I mentioned in the intro you're releasing a brand new album on April 27th called Old Fashioned Gal. Why don't you tell us a little bit about this? Where does the title come from? Well, um, the title of the album is named after... Uh, the song, um, the title track, Old Fashioned Gal, and um, I wrote it uh, when I was feeling really frustrated with, um, with I, I had spent way too much time on Facebook one day, and I was, and I was um, recalling times when we didn't do that at all, and we just communicated directly with one another, and how um, actually it seemed to take less time surprisingly among other things and i i was just in this space of um of uh longing for more like direct personal interaction and um and i was in, i was in a bit of a i was frustrated like i said um but with kind of like some humor about it so i ended up writing this kind of silly song about um, wanting to do away with the whole mess of technology and longing for just personal connection and not having TVs in restaurants and not having texts on dates and um, virtual, um, um, like, you know, like online dating and all of these things. I was just like, the song suggests it would be great if we could just do away with it all and just connect with one another. Um, and uh, it's also uh, the title of the album is an indication of the tone of, of uh, the record, which is um, uh, nostalgic sounding because a lot of my influences come from um, the music of um, the 1940s and 50s, um, and even earlier, but, um, music that I learned from old musicals that I would watch as a kid. I learned a lot of the Great American Songbook that way. And, um, 
and I'm just a big fan of old movies. So um, the style of, of the music is written um, re- reminiscent of all of that, and um, and yet the the subject matter of the songs are often quite contemporary. So um, it's it's a reference to, um, I guess, my values and also um, the things that I love. You mentioned uh, there's a few movies that have really influenced you in writing the music. What are some of those movies? Um, actually, it wasn't like particular movies that influenced me because they're, I've just been watching old movies my entire life. But the but the movies um, that I was watching at the time were a lot of 1930s um, like champagne movies where everyone's going to these like grandiose nightclubs that are like three stories high, you know, like in these rooms with like glass windows overlooking all of Manhattan and um, these like absurdly large sets that um, you would find on in old MGM musicals where the apartments are like massive and like there are these very arbitrary but like just unbelievable staircases coming from all different places on the on the sets and it's just like this glorious, um, very indulgent period um, of design, <laughs> and um, and so I was watching like all these people in tuxedos and um, a lot of like silly romantic comedies or melodramas, um, and I and I was watching all these movies actually because I had a terrible cold and it, I had, I had blocked out this time in which I was hurt and I had this terrible reoccurring cold during that time. And so I often was just like in bed trying to recoup from the cold. And um, and each time I would turn on a movie, I would get inspired. So I ended up writing the whole record that way, um, watching one movie and then stopping to write and then watching another movie and then stopping to write. Um, there's no movie in particular that I can think of except um, – I do recall um, one film, actually, Pennies from Heaven with Bing Crosby, um, where I I was particularly struck by the music in the film and um, and the touching storyline and um, and I guess you could say it didn't directly influence the music, but it was certainly an inspiration. Well, I love the imagery that you're providing for everybody because most people, I would venture to say, who are listening to this have not had the chance to hear the music yet, and I'm so excited for everybody to, to get to check it out. Who, who's performing with you on the album in terms of the other musicians? Um, uh, I had um, my core band was um, Aaron Thurston on drums, Matt Munisteri on guitar, Matt Ray on piano, um, Neil Miner on acoustic bass, and then um, uh, Bob Hart also playing bass on some tracks. And then um, John Eric Kelso on trumpet. Warren Wolf on vibes. Um, I had a 13-piece string orchestra. And um, and I mean, there's actually like a number of of players on the album, but the 
but the core band um, is is present on on most of each of the songs. And a core band. So we should mention because a lot of people who are listening to this are actual presenters that we're working with that we're getting so excited to have them present you. And if they are not, we're going to change that. <laughs> the core band, <laughs> though, is in fact um, five people, including you. That's correct. Yes. Yeah. So. Well, let me ask you this then, since we do have a lot of presenters who listen to the podcast. Sorry, Mike. If I was a presenter... Mike, um, the core band is four people, including me. I make five. Four people, including you. Five people total. Yeah. Yeah. So, if I was a presenter listening to us speak about this, what would it be important for me to know about you or the music, if we haven't already covered it, in order to make your show as successful as possible? Um, will you ask me that one more time? Yeah, I'm just wondering, you know, I'm listening to this. This has me excited to present Kat Edmondson in support of the new album. I've never worked with Kat Edmondson before, though. So I'm wondering, you know, what could I do to make the show as successful as possible in terms of the aesthetic or marketing or anything you feel people knowing that would be beneficial for someone in that position to know? Um, we put on a, a very, very intimate, very personal show. Um, and some of the time I'll speak directly with the members of the audience because I like to connect with my audience very much. And I do, um, for instance, after each show, I end up going out and talking with, um, the audience for oftentimes like an hour or something, just like meeting the different people that were in the crowd um, because I feel a very personal connection with them. So uh, a lot of shows um, are built around um, something sensational um, or have these grand arcs of like ultimately building into like the fastest or most electric solo or, you know, like some aspect of the performance that that arcs into like um, like the most high energy part of the night. And, um, and my approach is actually just a, about drawing people in and staying in this very close, intimate space until it's over. And usually when the show is over, um, it's a surprise to both myself and the band and, and the audience as well, because um, we get pretty cozy and uh, and and close throughout the hour and a half that we play. Yes, and I should mention, too, as someone who's had the privilege of seeing you perform, you, your connection to the audience is so – it's so refreshing. And it's ironic when you're describing – the inspiration for the album in terms of wanting to be in a space that is absent of social media and everything. The irony is you're actually very savvy on social media and you've <laughs> developed a very lo- loyal following over the years. You're, I don't think people are aware of this. Your hit song, uh, Lucky, has over a million YouTube uh, views on YouTube. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm wondering, I mean, what do you find to be most effective for when engaging your fans on social media? And this is a two-part question. 
the other part to that is I want you to tell everybody about Shower Time Radio. Oh, Shower Time Radio. Okay, well, first of all, I I just want to um, give props to my fans. The people that are seemingly drawn to my music are very interesting people, and they um, and they they engage with me in in a very like smart and um and fun and sophisticated way and they ask great questions so i i um i make a point when i'm on each one of the platforms to engage them too because again what i said is i'm looking for personal connection so when they ask me a question or they make reference to something that they've um been checking out and a lot of my fans suggest things for me to check out and a lot of it's really good stuff um so there's a community that seems to be coming about and we're we're sharing our passion for um for um the popular music and um art of of past decades and um and um, they're they're just great. So I I just I I do my best to interact with them uh, on a regular basis, like on a daily basis. In regards to um, uh, shower time radio, this is this is something I was inspired to do because I'm constantly singing in my shower, and I like to tell people this is where I got my start um, because uh, that's where I started singing first and. Um, I've been doing it my whole life, and I sing all kinds of songs that I never sing in public. Um, and I have a ball. Um, and I, it, I thought one day it would be so funny if I could somehow include people in this experience because I'm always having such a good time. And one day I just turn on the camera, um, facing the wall, of course, not the shower. And um, <laughs> thanks and, for the clarification. And, re- <laughs> and recorded myself singing, and so now on a weekly basis, I've been um, releasing clips of Shower Time Radio with Cat. And um, some people have sent in requests that I've honored, and and some things are just based on what's in my head, and some of it's um, just something random that comes up in my head. But I'm I love it. People are writing in requests now, so I'm. I have like a list of things to do in the in the coming weeks. I love the creativity with this, and it just shows how you're really. Well, you you mentioned the the community of your fans. You're really sort of tapping into that, and it's. I'm always searching for better ways that we can engage social media with our own artists, such as yourself. And so when I learn about something like this, it's just you know I get my notepad out and I start trying to figure out. Um, you know, is this something that we could kind of do or something like it? So I'm so glad that you talked about that. I was going to ask you along those lines, what would your advice be to a brand new artist, like somebody who's just starting out? I mean, what what kind of advice could you give them if they're trying to gain traction with social media? You know, it's something that should have dawned on me a long time ago, but I, I'm just now realizing, and it's this is the thing I would share is um, – the beauty of social media now is your you have the stage essentially on each platform um, so if you for instance you're not you don't have a lot of gigs um, 
you can perform a song on any one of these platforms and release it to your fans and instantly um they can watch you um in place of a show or something um they can watch you singing in your living room at home and um and then there's a lot of freedom in that um very casual and it breaks down um any limitations of the construct of like you might have in a venue so it's it's you suddenly have this this um way of reaching people that that you didn't before now it's hard to cut through the sea of people with all of this content floating around and, and trying to compete with um with everything that everyone else is posting at the same time i understand but um but that's the thing I'm having the most fun with now. I also make these um I I I'll, I'll just sing um sometimes into my phone and post like a song of myself singing on Facebook and um those are by far my most watched videos um on on my Facebook page um with the exception of my music videos. I mean people really uh, appreciate that and they and they like to engage and interact with that. So um, I, f- I find it's an opportunity to perform when I feel like it and not just when I have a show booked. Um, and it's also a great way to um, show what I do um, that, you know, that someone might want to book me on, on that basis. I don't know. Um, so well, I, and I, I think, would, yeah. Go ahead. I, I've encouraged... Um, some newer artists already like go ahead and sing sing in on your instagram page sing on your facebook page and let people hear you because it's not enough just to see an image and a name and a description of the music people people know right then and there how you sound yeah and here's the thing i would encourage people who are listening to this to absolutely check out what we're talking about and follow you on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and anywhere else that they can, because you said this earlier, the community that you're building with your fans is what it's all about. And so I think that's kind of one of the reasons why, if I may, you've had some degree of success with all this is because you are willing to take the time to engage with them as it relates to this community of people who, who are supporting you. And I, and I think there's something to be said for that because you have a strong focus for your efforts. You ha- you know what I mean? Like, it's like you, I hate to use the word brand, but it just, when I see the stuff you're doing, it makes sense with your, your aesthetic and, you know, your particular style and everything. And I, and I think that's something that shouldn't be lost on people who are just starting out, that they should really, you know, check out the way that you're approaching each platform and these examples you're giving of, whether it's shower time radio or just posting a song of you singing and the feedback you're getting and then the interaction from there, how you take it to the next level, it, it, there's kind of an art to it. And I think you should give yourself credit for really figuring this out and making it work for you. Thanks. I mean, it's not like I felt like I was figuring anything out. In fact, I, I wondered if my fans would think I was crazy at first. <laughs> but, um, but then it occurred to me that if they already liked me, um, that they might they might be down with some something that I was inspired to do. You know, I I I decided to put a certain amount of faith 
into them since they had already put some faith into me. And um, thus, um, is, we're connecting. You know, we're connecting, like like you say. We've, we've got our little community now. <laughs> yes, it's excellent. I, I think it's important that people know you are indeed a multifaceted artist. Can you talk about your work as an actress and some of the films your music has appeared in? Sure. Um, uh, well, I've, I've been, I've had music in various films of, that I have been a period in. Like, um, Lucky has been in a lot of films and commercials, and a lot of people have seen it in a movie called Admission. Um, but I've also made appearances in films, um, uh, two, two films, in fact. Um, Angel Sing, um, which was filmed in Texas, um, with a number of other Texas artists and starring Harry Connick Jr. And then um, Woody Allen's Cafe Society, um, in which I played the jazz singer and sang a few songs. And um, I've always um, been intent to be an actress, to act, and um, and then I got the opportunities to be in these films, and so I was so ignited by those experiences that I roll, enrolled in acting school in New York City, and um, I've been attending the William Esper Studio in Manhattan, and um, and I've almost completed the the program there, but I love acting and. Um, and plan to do a lot more. Um, and I also um, have been tap dancing, um, and I started studying uh, a few years ago. Um, granted, I, I'm i not um, the best tap dancer you've ever seen, but I've spent a lot of time with the fundamentals now, and um, so I can do some things. I recently um, tapped in a music video that I'll be releasing next month. Um, for the new album. Very exciting. How would you say these types of experiences have influenced your show as a singer? Well, certainly the acting, um, uh, going to acting school has emboldened me, I would say. Um, that's actually one of the things that I went went to acting school seeking was um, an even more um, daring quality um, being on stage. Like, how can I just um, really be my utmost authentic self on the stage, like, without without any defenses and, like, totally vulnerable? Because that's what I long for in my art. Um and again, this all goes back to personal connection. But how can I, how can I just be me? Um, no holds barred. And, um, so all of the experience that I've had, um, on stage and doing scene work and whatnot, um, in school, um, it's a, it's a concentrated amount of, um, experience that forced me to do a lot of things that were pretty terrifying. Um, and I and I've been doing that time and time again for the last two years. So um, I think I've just I've gotten bolder and a little looser on stage. Um, 
which among my fans appreciate seems. That's so great. Yeah, it's important to constantly keep that growth mentality. And for me, I'm trying to remind myself to do something that scares me, if not every day, at least every week or month. So I'm really experiencing the type of growth. So let's see. Well, we've talked about the album. We've talked about some of the other projects you're involved with. And people need to know the album is coming out April 27th, and you will be on tour in May to support it. And uh, Kat, where can people who have listened to this go to connect with you? We talked about social media, but what, what would be the best way to get in touch with you or to follow you on one of those platforms? Um, my Facebook page is Kat Edmondson Music. On Instagram and Twitter, I'm just Kat Edmondson. And um, there's the good old website, catedmondson.com, and I answer questions and comments through um, each one of those platforms, including the website. So um, it's easy to find me. Very exciting. And as people listening can imagine, there's going to be a lot of exciting press coming out on this album, which I don't quite think I'm at liberty to say until it's been confirmed. (laughs) But needless to say... (laughs) Stay tuned because this is very exciting. We will post uh, some of the links to this in the show notes and, of course, direct people to uh, check out your tour dates so they can actually see you live. So, Kat, I think this has been a pretty great conversation, and I, I really want to thank you for your time today. Yeah, thank you for having me, Mike. It's a pleasure talking with you. Definitely. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye.